Hi, everyone. Welcome to January 8th, 2021 edition of Colorado Inside Out. I'm your host, Dominic Dizzuti. Thank you so much for joining us. We were off, we were off the last couple of weeks, so Happy New Year. Or as David Apley put as we walked in the studio, what's so happy about it? Uh, let's get into it. Some of Colorado's elected leaders found themselves in the throes of the tumultuous conflicts in Washington this week. Representative Lauren Boebert joined Representative Doug Lamborn and other Republican lawmakers in contesting the validity of Arizona's electoral votes. Democratic Representative Joe Neguse was part of the team that defended the Electoral College results, and Representative Jason Crow was featured in photos helping colleagues during the lockdown of the House chambers. Patty Cahoon for Westwood, we'll start with you. There's a lot to unpack here, so I guess we'll start with, what did you think of the various reports we heard from Colorado lawmakers amidst an historic set of events in Washington? Well, so on Tuesday, we're watching the elections in Georgia. We think, wow, this is an amazing thing happening. You didn't know how big the news was going to get. And it got big very quickly on Wednesday. We need a do-over of our predictions because we could never have predicted what happened on Wednesday. Sure, people knew there was going to be a protest in Washington, D.C., and you'd think maybe security would have predicted there could have been problems. No one could have predicted how quickly the Capitol would be overrun. No one could have predicted how Jason Crow, who was a former ranger, would be up in the House stands watching the proceedings and actually wind up using some of his training to help people get out. Those are the photos we saw. No one would think that Jason Crow might be back running impeachment again, as he did when he helped out exactly a year ago, and they're just making that decision now. Joe Neguse has been all over the airwaves talking about what went on. He was very busy um, because he'd been tapped to help with the Electoral College certification. So he was there. Uh, I think we aren't surprised that Lauren Boebert, who was all about talking about carrying her gun around Washington, D.C., was nowhere to be seen on Wednesday after she had uh, slapped Arizona for Sharpie usage or for whatever her argument was. So we saw Crow was a hero. Lauren Boebert was a zero. I'd say the same thing for Lamborn. Coloradans generally did pretty well with this, but we have a really tough time ahead. David Copel from the Independence Institute and DU Law School. Uh, perhaps I'm being cynical here, but I don't think I saw anything from Colorado lawmakers that would change their fate or their approval rating, if you will, in their own districts here in Colorado. But what was your uh, takeaways from seeing the Colorado lawmakers in D.C. this week? Let me get to that in just a, a sec. On their, I, I think you're right uh, politically. But the, the, the proper remedy for uh, President Trump's actions in the past several days, starting with the extortion phone call on Saturday to the Georgia Secretary of State, is swift impeachment and conviction. The 25th Amendment is intended to be, and by its text, is a remedy for a president who is unable, for medical reasons, to carry out the duties of his office. That's not the same as what we currently have, which is someone who is able but unwilling to do so. Uh, His attempt in the past two months to steal an election he plainly lost is actually something we got a preview of in Colorado in 2016 when the Colorado State Republican Convention awarded all of its named as delegates to the National Republican Convention, all supporters of Ted Cruz and zero for Donald Trump. And Trump tweeted, the people of Colorado had their vote taken away from them by the phony politicians. But the fact is the Colorado Republican Convention delegates were elected by Colorado Republican voters in public caucuses all over Colorado. The votes by Boebert and Lamborn put them in very bad company. 
along with Democratic representatives who tried the same kind of stunts in 2005 and 2017. And that list includes Nancy Pelosi, Steny Hoyer, James Clyburn, Maxine Waters, and Gerald Nadler. In 2005, House Republican leader Tom DeLay accurately criticized the stunt as, quote, a failed strategy of spite, obstruction, and conspiracy theories that was poisoning our democracy. His words are equally accurate this year. But, of course, as that list I just read said, if you come from the right district, you can get away with poisoning our democracy. Penfield Tate, attorney with Tate Law and also a former state lawmaker, will go to you next. Uh, Penn, as crazy as everything was in D.C. and as uh, wide the spectrum is of actions we saw from Colorado lawmakers all the way from Diana to get to Lauren Boebert, I don't know if when they come back to Colorado, it really has any ramifications or or how much of that is the story. But what did you take away when we look at the Colorado connection to the events in D.C.? Uh, You know, Dominic, I think it may well have ramifications. Uh, You know, I I think that um, these actions by the the Trump, Cruz, um, Holly, Cabal and their riotous followers um, incited and perpetuated by Boebert and Lambert, um, continuing to foster these lies and these bizarre conspiracy theories just because they're trying to curry favor with someone who now is about to be pushed out of office in the ultimate um, disgrace, I, I think it may well have repercussions back here. Uh, Bobert is, is a freshman. Um, she came from nowhere to win. I think that this is going to be how people remember her. Um, not a good way to start your first week in office. And Doug Lamborn has been facing challenges over time and has struggled um, on occasion to get on the ballot and to fend off um, challengers. And I think that Colorado in general is much more moderate than the rest of the country in some respects. And I think Colorado Republicans may well lose patience with these sort of bizarre temper tantrums by people who espouse these crazy theories since they've now led to riots, the desecration of our U.S. Capitol, and deaths. Marianne Goodland, chief legislative reporter of Colorado Politics, joins us remotely. Marianne, it's great to have you on the panel. Uh, what is your take on the effect of Colorado politics, not just the, uh, the organization you work for, but in general politics in Colorado, from what we saw from Colorado lawmakers in D.C. this week? Well, we've already had one reaction, and, and my colleague, Gernis Luning, is breaking this story even as we're taping today, State Senator Kevin Priola is becoming the first Republican lawmaker here in Colorado to call for Donald Trump's removal from office. Um, there's one other Colorado connection that I found really interesting this week, and that is from John Eastman, who is the professor of conservative thought at the University of Colorado at Boulder. Uh, he has been pushing birther theories about Kamala Harris, and he also was the lead attorney on the Louis Gohmert uh, lawsuit um, challenging the election results. Uh, his appointment has drawn very strong rebuke from CU Boulder Chancellor John Eastman, or um, Phil DeStefano, sorry, uh, who uh, said that his continued advocacy of conspiracy theories is repugnant and he will bear the shame for his role in undermining the confidence in the rule of law. Eastman was one of the speakers on Wednesday at the rally that started right before the uh, insurrection against the U.S. Capitol. And I suspect with the change in the political makeup of the Board of Regents, one of two things is going to happen. You know, this experiment in conservative thought will either come to an end or at least they will better vet 
the uh, scholars that they put into this position so that they are not an embarrassment both to CU and to the nation. The chaos in Washington reverberated in many other states with associated protests. Hundreds of, protests, uh, hundreds of pro-Trump supporters gathered around the Colorado Capitol building on Wednesday for a rally they called We Are the Storm. The protests were reported to have been mostly peaceful, although there were four arrests made for assault, disturbing the peace, and flashing a taser. Uh, David, as we stated, the protests were generally peaceful. Uh, that happened in Colorado. Uh, but were you surprised that there was enough, I guess, pro-Trump energy for them to be still hundreds of people showing up to the Colorado State Capitol? Hundreds of people is a respectable size rally, but by Colorado capital standards, it's, it's nothing particularly notable. You know, but pe- peaceful protests, whatever size, are a right, no matter how foolish the, the cause. And but when whatever the cause, when some protesters become violent criminals, the police response always should be immediate and strong, which is the opposite of what happened in Washington, D.C. on Wednesday and what happened around the country uh, last year. So good for the Denver Police Department for being well prepared for this, having lots of personnel and for, as as Patty was explaining to me, taking swift actions against a a few people who tried things like uh, like obstructing traffic. But I hope all the protesters uh, eventually realize that, that Trump has been deceiving them. When his, whatever he says, when his cases were presented in court, often to judges appointed by Donald Trump, they didn't, they often, like in, as in Wisconsin or Pennsylvania, said, no, we're not even alleging that there was fraud. Or in other cases where they did allege fraud, they couldn't come up with any evidence of it. And so when, when, the case has got a fair hearing, uh, and judges appointed by Donald Trump are not intrinsically hostile to him. So there really is no there there. Donald Trump is a con man, and peop- I, I hope more and more people uh, come to understand that. Penn, we go to you next. Uh, when you look at the ramifications in the Colorado political spectrum, because you really saw a variety of of, I guess, reactions this year after the election from Colorado conservatives. What do you think will be the effect of Colorado conservative politics What from what we've seen so far in a very short span of 2021? You know, Dominic, I think what's happened in this short period of time changes the context for everything. First, I agree with David. I think people have the right to peacefully assemble and protest, and I've seen a number of those over the years during my time in the legislature and out. It happened with the, the, the Trump supporters, and it happened with Black Lives Matters. But we also need to look at how everything, the context has changed and, and the clear racial and racist implications. When Black Lives Matters wanted to march in Washington, D.C., Donald Trump called out anybody in a uniform to surround um, federal buildings to ostensibly protect them. Uh, He even talked about weaponizing the U.S. military in some cities to try to lend support. And even his generals had to say, we won't do that. He even used, you know, security to disperse peaceful protesters so he could parade to a church uh, he'd never visited before and hold a book that I'm not certain he's ever read. In context, if you look at the video of what happened at the Capitol, you saw instances of security moving barricades. You saw some of the security guards taking selfies with the rioters. And we are all fortunate that some of these elected officials weren't killed like some of the other folks there. You you cannot simply continue to lie to people and perpetuate and feed into a false narrative. And that's the dilemma that I think the Colorado Republican Party is facing now. 
they're going to have to make some difficult choices, and, and it's going to be a time for statesmanship and bravery. People are going to have to denounce some of this craziness. Marian, you were at the protests at the Colorado State Capitol. You saw the, the, the generally peaceful protests happen as the chief legislative uh, reporter for Colorado Politics. Uh, what are your takeaways from what you saw and then might, how it might affect uh, politics in Colorado moving forward? Uh, well, first of all, yes, I was, I was there. It was uh, a, a only slightly more interesting part of my day than how I began it, which was with a root canal. Um, there were about 300, and I'm being very generous, people at that protest. And this, by state capital standards, as, as David had said, it was small. Uh, and that was at noon. By 1 o'clock, the crowds were already starting to disperse. So, you know, the true believers were there for a couple of hours listening to hours and hours of conspiracy theories. Um, but it was a peaceful protest. It was noisy and boisterous, but there was no violence. In contrast, not only to what happened in Washington, but what happened in a lot of other states around the nation. What it, what it says for the future, I think, is going to depend a lot on the leadership of the legislature uh, in the coming weeks. I know there's been some talk about legislation um, to deal with um, the governor's executive orders and, and power in general. And I'm kind of watching to see how that turns out. And I also talked to some of the protesters, and I said, what happens after the uh, Electoral College uh, certification is over with? And they said, we're going to continue to fight. And we know that there have been calls for more protests at the U.S. Capitol on January 20th when uh, President Biden is inaugurated into office. So I don't think we're out of the woods yet on this. Patty, your reporters from Westward were also at the Colorado protests. Uh, what, what was your takeaways from what they saw and from what we all saw here in Colorado? Well, and I walked over, too, from our office, which is a block away. The first thing you noticed was the police presence was very organized in Denver and much better behaved than, say, during some of the BLM protests this summer. You had uh, SWAT teams hanging off their vehicles but just not engaging letting the protesters listen to, as Marianne pointed out, some real dental drilling speeches that are just not going to go far. What makes you worry about that is some of those people still believe the crazy conspiracy theories that are going around, the voter fraud theories, the QAnon theories. And it doesn't take a lot of people. It doesn't take 10% of the 300 people that were at that protest to ultimately cause trouble if we're not aware and if the conservative leaders in this state don't step up, Ken Buck came late to the party, but don't step up and start saying, hey, this just isn't right. Let's talk, conspir Let's talk conservative political philosophy. Let's not talk conspiracy theory. In lighter news, uh, updating COVID updates here in Colorado, some Colorado counties have been approved for the five-star program, allowing businesses to operate with slightly less restrictions than their county mandates. Meanwhile, Governor Polis and his administration have been receiving complaints about the vaccine rollout, claiming it has been confusing and slow. Penn, we start with you on this one. When it comes to the vaccine rollout, I mean, here's the crazy thing about it. Only 47% of the vaccines available in Colorado have been given out. But that still ranks 13th in the nation. So um, amongst our fellow states, Colorado's not doing too bad, even though less than half the vaccines are out. It, it, does there need to be greater focus on the distribution so that we're not still talking about this five years from now? 
You know, Dominic, even though it's lighter news, it, it all has the same root cause. Um, Donald Trump bungled his handling of the coronavirus from day one, and we are still feeling the, the repercussions of that. Even now, when there's a vaccine available, at the federal level, they bungled distribution of the vaccine. And so we're getting it in Colorado, and the infrastructure still needs to be built out. Yes, there needs to be more distribution of the vaccine. And I saw the governor announced earlier today that, that he was releasing the entire supply to be put in as many arms as possible, and that's the right thing to do. Um, we still have to deal with the residual effect of the ongoing lies and conspiracy theories that have some people believing that they shouldn't take the vaccine and they won't take the vaccine. So that continues to leave all of us at risk. In terms of the five-star program and reopening restaurants and other businesses, I applaud that so long as the science is behind it. But again, the lies and the deception that have been perpetuated, people don't trust any of this anymore, and people are even doubting the science. So I still think we have a long road to recovery. Marianne, the, the Colorado State Legislature has delayed their opening until February, but do you think the issues like we're seeing now around vaccine distribution, five-star programs, everything else, will they become issues for the Colorado Legislature to tackle when they go back to session? Yes, I do. And, and part of this is that the, the legislature is going to gavel in next Wednesday, and then they're going to gavel out uh, possibly. They may go three days and then gavel out. Um, I'm hearing that that's possible. Uh, and then they come back in mid-February, and the intention of coming back in mid-February was to allow the vaccine rollout to, to progress. But I don't think we're going to be anywhere near ready for the General Assembly to come back. And the larger issue, of course, is the public wanting, that wants to be involved in that process. I don't think they'll be ready to come back in February. I'm, um, I'm hearing that it will be past that March, could even be April. Um, there is still a lot of issues to deal with around pandemic relief, and that's something that they're, they're definitely going to take up uh, as, as they come back, whenever that may be. But And, of course, the other thing, and I want to defer to Penn on this, was the, the suspicion about the vaccine. There was a report that came out earlier as we were taping today about a state lawmaker, uh, Rod Pelton from Cheyenne Wells, who said he's going to be taking some sort of veterinary medicine uh, instead of signing up for the vaccine. And the doctor quoted the story said, well, it won't hurt him any, but it might not help him either. So we not only have problems with conspiracies running around with the um, with, with folks outside the legislature, but it's an, unfortunately inside the legislature too. Reported here first on Colorado Inside Out from Marianne Goodland. We are now living in a Seinfeld episode where veterinarians are being trusted for their uh, medical uh, uh, report here. Uh, it's just kind of too silly to even think about. Patty, um, will the five-star program, is it enough to buoy a restaurant industry that has been pummeled the last nine months? Well, let's remember the five-star program kind of got put on hold almost by Polis moving the level red counties down to level orange. I mean, everybody in Colorado is level orange or green or yellow at this point, or blue, yeah, I think green or yellow. Anyway, but so the five-star program, that kind of got put on hold because you can't go, even if you're a certified five-star, you can't go a level below orange unless you, if you were already red. I know it gets confusing. The ultimate upshot is restaurants have reopened. That's great for those who have it something. Something is better than nothing. They're already, those who are open for to-go are staffed. So 
What we have to hope is that we don't see the numbers going back up, because if they do, we'll go back to level red, and the restaurants won't survive having to close dining rooms again. The, um, I applaud Polis for pushing the 70 up from, again, it was overnight. It threw a lot of chaotic um, issues together from people who thought they were at next. But if 78% of the deaths are from 70 and over, this is the fastest way to cut down on that. David, which of these uh, several issues needs the greater attention? Well, I completely agree with the uh, the criticism of the, the anti-vax conspiracy nuts, um, including uh, during the presidential campaign, vice presidential candidate Harris, who said she wouldn't trust or take a vaccine uh, produced under the Trump administration. She's fortunately changed her comments, but uh, done a lot of damage already. In terms of how fast Colorado is moving, uh, about 2% of this, the population is vaccinated. And as we were talking about, the percentage of vaccines available that have been dis- injected in Colorado is actually a, among the, the national leaders and, and way ahead of the national average. And the U.S., um, for all the difficulties of state and local governments doing the inje- so overseeing the injections and federal shipments, we're leading almost every other country in the world in the percentage of the population that has been vaccinated. The ones that are ahead of us are the United Kingdom, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and Israel, which is all the way up to 17%. Let's get to our favorite part of the show, and I think right now, thanks to 2020 and 2021, the easiest part of the show, Disgrace of the Week. Patty, as always, we start with you. I'm going to talk about an evolving issue here in Denver, where or Aurora, where Mayor Mike Kaufman went on the streets, said he was going on vacation, but actually went and lived as a homeless person for a week. And the first of all, I'm glad any mayor is taking any kind of action on this issue. We see the confusion in Denver. You see the spill of homeless individuals around the metro area. Good for him for trying. Maybe he didn't give his message the right way after he came back. Certainly, it wasn't received the way he thought it would be, I think. But he did some investigation. What we need to do now is have a metro-wide discussion. Let's get all the mayors to talk about it. I don't think we need to have them take shelter space. But we need a discussion of what to do to help get rid of this problem across the metro area. David. On Tuesday... Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser sent a letter to the Department of Justice, the Department of Defense, and the Secretary of the Army stating, the District of Columbia government has not requested personnel from any other federal law enforcement agencies. And as she explained, she didn't like the presence of federal law enforcement during the district's riots in 2020. I think in retrospect, uh, her approach was a mistake. Penn, we, Penn, we go to you for your disgrace of the week. You know, it has to, to be the, the Trump, Cruz, Holly, Cabal, and their riotous um, sycophants and, 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 and followers. Uh, we thought COVID was going to bring about a new normal. Their activities this week are going to bring about a new normal that will reverberate for decades. Marianne, we go to you. My disgrace of the week, I, I can't pick anybody else but President Trump, who unleashed a violent mob on the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday, and and if congressional Democrats get their way, the first president of the United States to be impeached twice. We may not have seen the end of Donald Trump as a media personality, but we probably have seen the end of Donald Trump as a politician. Time to say something nice about somebody. A little bit bigger challenge right now. Patty. If Donald Trump ever was a politician. Dominion Voting Systems, which just today filed a lawsuit against Sidney Powell, 
the alleged attorney for a while of Donald Trump, who had been passing some of the worst already debunked rumors about voters' fraud. Um, this company is Denver-based. They have they have they had all the Georgia equipment. They are used in sixty over sixty out of Colorado's counties. They were hired by Wayne Williams, a Republican. They do not deserve the bad rap they've gotten. David. Today is the 90th birthday of my mother, Dolores Copel. Back in 1952, when she was a student at the University of Colorado, the school made it pretty clear that it was a, women were okay for undergraduates, but they didn't want them in, in the law school. So she went to the University of Denver instead, finished at the top of her class, and went on to a very distinguished legal uh, career, one of the very few women lawyers in, in Colorado at the time. And she set a good example for lots of people, including me, about not letting people's social expectations or prejudices stop you from being yourself and following your own path. Uh, John Quincy Adams had the good luck to be the son of a brilliant and outspoken Abigail Adams, and it's been a blessing for me to also have such a mother. Happy birthday, Mrs. Copel. It's a, a, a devoted viewer, and uh, we're all big fans, so happy birthday. Penn, we go to you next. Uh, happy birthday to Mrs. Copel also. Um, you know, it, it is rare that you see profiles in courage, but uh, I want to um, single out someone who I didn't vote for when I had the chance, but my esteem for him continues to rise. I thought Mitt Romney was wonderful in terms of his speech on the floor, talking about the duty of elected officials to tell people the truth. It seems simple, it seems passe, but his entire speech just struck to the core of what's wrong with, with our country, and hopefully we'll see him uh, in the future. And Marianne, we go to you for Say Something Nice. A, a big tip to all of the journalists, but I want to especially salute the photojournalists who have been keeping track of everything that happened in Washington on Wednesday. There's been some very horrific stories that have come out, but none more, I think, than a New York Times photographer whose credentials were ripped off of her and then when the police saw her, they, they pointed guns at her and she said, I'm a journalist, I'm, I'm a photographer. And finally, fellow photographers came up to her defense and she wound up having a much better day than, than could have happened. A salute to all of them who have continued to keep us informed at a great risk to their own safety. And I'll very quickly add a birthday greeting and say something nice about our studio producer, Adrian Eatman. He has a big birthday coming up on Monday, so happy birthday, Adrian. It's a good weekend for birthdays. That's all the time we have today. I'm Dominic DeZudio. On behalf of everybody here at PBS 12, thank you so much for watching. Good night.